Hello, and thank you for listening today to uh, the Crossroads Baptist Church Radio Broadcast Ministry. I am Pastor Jeffrey Lynn, and uh, today we are going to look at the idea of being a complete soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're saved today. I hope you are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a child of God. I hope you have a Bible reason to know that you're going to heaven when you die. Uh, If you do not, you definitely need to waste no time in getting into the Word of God and finding out uh, for sure that you are going to heaven and that you have a Bible reason to believe so. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the message today. Um, But for now, let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6, starting in verse number 10. This is a common passage. Uh, If you've been in church very long, if you've been saved very long, you know that this is the passage that's referred to as the armor of God. And so let's pray real quick, and then we will uh, dive in, see what the Word of the Lord has for us today. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you so much for another opportunity to read your Word, another opportunity to preach it. Pray, please help us now to to receive from your Word exactly what you'd have for us. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, we have many different pieces of armor here that have been listed, and there's been many, many sermons throughout history on each of these pieces of armor. And so we're going to go real quick through this list, um, but but the bulk of the message today is going to be about a, a whole different verse in another area of the Bible that I believe uh, coincides with being a, a complete soldier, coincides with this armor of God. Um, we have truth, we have righteousness, we have the gospel of peace, we have the, the shield of faith, the, the salvation, God's word, prayer, uh, all these different pieces to the armor, all these different pieces to, to make us prepared for the spiritual battle, the spiritual warfare that rages all around us in the world today. We need that helmet. We need that, uh, that feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need the shield of faith. The Bible says above all else, the shield of faith. You know, it's interesting. Many cultures back in the day when the shield was used in battle, they would say, they would teach their soldiers, if you have a choice between a sword and a shield, grab a shield. The shield could be used as a defensive and as an offensive weapon. The sword, good luck blocking any arrow shots or spears with a sword. Uh, That may happen in the movies, but in real life, you're probably going to die. And so that shield, very important. Of course, all these pieces of armor are very important. I want to show you three quick things about this before we move on to the main verse that I want to discuss today. First of all, no shin coverings. 
No shin coverings. If you ever look up a, a picture of a soldier back in olden days, they'll have coverings for their shin. That's not mentioned in the armor of God, I believe, because we're supposed to be praying in this battle. We're supposed to be battling in prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 18, we already read it, the last verse of that passage we read. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We are supposed to be in constant communication with what you could say is our commanding officer, with God Almighty. Uh, he is the he is the general of our army, and he is the one we need to be speaking to the most often. We need that clear and open line of communication through prayer. So we ought to be on our knees often. And then there's no coverage for the back listed. There's no there's a breastplate. There's all these other things. There's nothing to cover our backs. You know why? We're not supposed to flee from the fight. We're not supposed to run away. We're supposed to stand our ground as believers. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible says, And I say unto you, uh, say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now it's a silly thing to point out, but a gate is not an offensive weapon. I don't think anybody's ever picked up a gate and want, went to battle with it. That'd be quite the sight to see, but it's just not practical. I believe this verse is teaching and telling us that the, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of God. There's many other passages that tell us to be strong, that we are soldiers. Um, the Great Commission itself is a charge to go and break down those gates and, and lead people out. And, and of course, we know that only the Lord Jesus Christ saves, but we are to lead people to the Lord. We are to actively fight against those powers of darkness, actively fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil in order to, to get people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's no sheath mentioned for that sword because that sword is to always be ready. Psalm 1 verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. There's a lot of Christians out there, a lot of soldiers of Christ out there that have no skill in their sword. Their sword's not even in their hand. It's probably covered in dust somewhere in a, on a bookshelf if they could even find it. That is not a good way to, to walk into a spiritual battle every morning with a sword that's rusty and, and in its sheath, the, the, the Bible doesn't even give a sheath. And I believe that's a reason for that. Is so we're supposed to always be ready with the word of God in our hearts and in our heads and in our hands as often as possible. So most people, most messages that are about being a soldier and, and talking about the, uh, the armor of God, most of them stop right here. And, and I understand why. But I want you to consider with me one other verse in the Bible in 1 Peter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. The Bible tells us we're supposed to arm ourselves with the mind of Christ. This, this is a proper mindset. Now, the, the armor of God, that's all armor. That's all weaponry. We, we understand that. But there's a mindset to being a soldier. There is a proper mindset that goes with being a complete and, and effective soldier in any battle, especially a spiritual battle for the Lord. When a proper army is trained, they do not just teach men how to pull a trigger. 
But they teach them how to follow orders, how to respect the chain of command, never to leave a brother behind, don't fire unless fired upon. They, they teach them many of these things, and if a soldier does not demonstrate the proper mindset, they will never see the battlefield, or at least they should never see the battlefield. God has given his children armor for the fight, but he's also commanded us to arm ourselves with the mind of Christ. Now, real quickly, with the time we have remaining, I want to give you uh, four things about that mind of Christ. First of all, it's a selfless mind. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, we read, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, if, you, if you've ever read the word of God, you know that he had a selfless mind, always serving others, always doing for others. And we are taught in Philippians to have that same mind of Christ, that mind that looks at others' needs before our own. He had a sanctified mind. The mind of Christ, it's a selfless mind, a sanctified mind. Now the word sanctified means separated unto God. Not just separated from the world, but separated unto God, to be given a purpose by God. And so the Lord had a sanctified mind. John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as, uh, as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Wow, what a statement that is. To be able to honestly say, I always do what pleases God. Every choice I've made, every word I've spoken, every attitude, every, every thought in my mind, I do always those things that please him. The Lord Jesus Christ wasn't just not a sinner. He was, he was a perfect sinless Savior whose mind was stayed on serving, his fa- serving God the Father. He had a sanctified mind. He also had a servant's mind. He was selfless, sanctified. He also had that servant's mind. John chapter 13. If you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to turn there unless you're driving or, or otherwise occupied. John chapter 13, starting in verse number 3. We're going to read quite a few verses here, so stick with me. John three, starting uh, John 13, starting in verse number 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done unto you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, 
Ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent them, uh, sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. The Lord left us an example of service to others, of service to others. He had a servant's mind. He had a sanctified mind. He had a selfless mind. And lastly, he had a steadfast mind. We read already that Christ did always those things that pleased the Father. We know from the gospel accounts of his life and ministry that the Lord never wavered in his commitment, always had his eye on the prize of attaining, obtaining eternal redemption for mankind. He, he came to die. He came to be that perfect, sinless lamb of God. If you're listening today and you have a Bible reason to believe that you are a saved, born-again child of God, then the Lord has given you a command to be steadfast. God's Word says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We can have on all the armor of God, and that's good. We can hold the shield of faith and swing that sword of the spirit but without the mind of christ we will not be an effective soldier for the lord we need to be selfless sanctified serving and steadfast if you are not sure of your salvation today if you are trusting in the wrong things to get you to heaven then friend you stand in the midst of a great battlefield with no armor no shield no coverings no helmet no sword one breath away from death and an eternity in hell and the lake of fire. Please do not remain in that condition any longer. Your soul is too important to just hope for the best. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ of the word of God today, and be saved. There is an enemy out there, the devil, the flesh, the world, sin, that wants to keep you from choosing Christ, wants to keep you lost and in your sins, wants to keep you trusting in baptism and catechism and church membership and all these other things that do not save. But God's word tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you are not saved today, you are in a battle with no armor on.